Yo, what's up, psychos? How you doing, man? What the fuck's going on? Yeah. I'm good, dude. I'm good. Um, thank you for asking. I really appreciate that. Um, today we got a good episode, man. I'm excited about it. It's gonna be this, this is gonna be a short and sweet intro, dude. It's gonna be fucking short and sweet. And I just, you know, it's just it's just gonna be short and sweet. It's also late, you know, but it's not even late because you know what? If I get it out to you on Wednesday. That's all that matters, right? Time doesn't even exist right now. So sometimes your boy wakes up a little bit late because, I don't know, he can't go to sleep till 3 a.m. So I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but anyway, we got Drew Morgan today. Drew Whitney Morgan, dude. Very funny comedian. Also very smart guy. Today, dude, I'm going to be totally honest. This this We don't like to get political on the show, but this is an episode that has politics in it, okay? It's not too much to one side or the other, okay? But if listening to politics is not your thing right now, and trust me, I get it, this might not this might not be your episode, okay? Might not be it. But put it on mute and play it so I get that fucking ad money, dude. All right? You know that. You know you're going to do that if you're a real one. Um, but, but it's good that we talk about like a little bit of justice reform. We talk about, I don't know, anarchy, some kind of socialism, the fall of cap. We talk about all we talk about all the good stuff. And I can't wait for some of you guys to send me messages about it. Cause I have a feeling this is gonna be one of those episodes. Uh but regardless, we have a good time. And I'm really happy I got to talk to Drew and I'm looking forward to doing it again. And once again, thank all you guys. Thank you to all of you guys for listening and sharing the show and reaching out to me. It always feels good. Um, I love all you, man. And I mean that. I really do. Okay? I'm a lover, not a fighter. Doesn't really make sense. Okay, guys. Um, that's it. That's all we need today. Uh, without further ado, hear the words you love to hear. Please welcome Drew Morgan, everyone. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? We're all psychos. Drew Morgan's here. What's up, man? Comedian, writer, as he told me to say, and that's what he is, dude. But he's also so much more than that, dude. He's he uh, he has a law degree, correct? Yeah. And you know, he's just a, he's a good he's a good Southern boy, you know. <laughs> and uh, one of the the, the first like uh, comedians I met in New York City who is a Southern, and I guess and proud of it, but not in like a, a hacky racist way, which you know um, <laughs> definitely saw a few of those. But dude, it's been a it's been fucking a long time, man. I'm happy we're doing this. Yeah, uh, man, for sure. I was supposed to be in New York in the spring, you know, and I was gonna try to come through. Oh, we were definitely and, gonna do uh, it. I was looking forward to it, bro. Because I mean, f- when did you leave New York? Man, I left New York a little over two years ago, I think. Shit. Wow. Yeah, it feels. Yeah, because that's uh, yeah, because catch me up. That's that's uh, right when um, what was it? Liberal red? What was it called? Okay, so I toured with Trey Crowder on the Well Read Comedy Tour. Well Trey Crowder okay. went viral with a character he does called the Liberal Redneck. Yeah. It's just sort of based on his life. And actually, man, we started touring like four years ago. I was in New York for another probably year and a half, but uh-huh. you never saw me anymore. And that's a big part of why I was like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm here. My wife's going crazy and like, I'm not here, you know, I'm not hitting the mics, I'm not hitting the shows, Yeah, you know, I'm on the road, so. 
yeah, you were doing a lot with it. So uh, for people that don't, because I mean, I don't know, and people people listening who might not know about it. So you were touring with Trey. How long were you doing the Well Read? Was it Well Read Comedy Tour? Yeah, it was me, Trey, and Corey Forrester. Well Read spelled R E D, like Smart Rednecks yeah. was the gimmick or whatever. And we toured for uh, close to four years when the the pandemic hit. It was kind of funny. We were on a two month break. Uh-huh. I was in the air on the way to North Carolina when North Carolina shut down all gatherings above 100. This was when it all first broke and nobody was quite sure oh, how shit. to act. Yeah. And the club didn't want to cancel that weekend, so I took off. And literally, I was on the plane and got a text message. Show's canceled. Don't go to the airport. <laughs> what did you do? Did you just land and then get another? Like, what did you do? I got drunk as hell <laughs> in Raleigh, North Carolina. Hell yeah, uh, dude! There was people out. We didn't know any better then. Like, I, I really have been doing a good job quarantine since. But I went out and got drunk at a bar. I mean, also, it's like knowing what we do now. I don't fault yeah. anyone for getting fucked up in those first couple weeks because it's like, well. You're you were trapped inside for two months after, you know, right? Well, also, I went to my parents' house. So, Raleigh is about a five hour drive from where I grew up. Mm -hmm. So, I rented a car, uh, because I already had a return flight or whatever, you know, like for a couple days later. Yeah, you didn't want to pay for it out of Chattanooga because I was also going to be doing some shows like back home. And Uh so, anyway, I just drove home, hung out with my nephews and my mom and dad. They're fine. I didn't get anybody sick. I don't think it was that bad in the south then it's i mean dude i was in north carolina for two um for two months uh because my mom lives in mooresville so um i was there and there were definitely like cases in mecklenburg county which is where charlotte is but there weren't a lot where she was and i mean it's not horrible there now restaurants are open i went to a restaurant a couple days ago it was very strange mainly because No one gives a fuck there at all. No one gives a fuck. And And a big part of what I try to do is I I try to not hide away from the shittiness that can be the South. But I also always try to remind people that it's not just the South. My wife and I went camping up in the Sequoia Forest. We stopped in this little town called Kernville for gas. No one gave a fuck there either. Like, you know, like that's like that that might be like a non-city thing where it's just like it's not a big city. In the rural. Yeah, they're like no one. Well, we get stuff last. Yeah, in the rural do. areas, yeah. we we get we get culture last, we get the new music last, we get the cars last, and we get yeah. fucking the virus last. Yeah, you know what? And it's been showing that it's going to slowly go up in other places. But dude, it's it's the the worst thing about this. The I, I, I mean, besides the people dying, obviously that's the worst <laughs> thing. Um, yeah, other is, than that, yeah, other than other than the people losing their lives, uh, is how politicized it's gotten. Like yeah, that, well, I mean, it, it makes sense. It does, I but I, I felt got a lot it, of thoughts about that. I fe- so I felt it with masks, and I felt it with masks like in the middle of March when people first started getting them, and I was like, I, people who know me know I was like strongly against getting masks, mainly because I was like, yo, leave them for people in hospitals and cops and all that shit and also from what i've been told by cdc and my my cousin who works for the attorney not attorney general um the what's the medical surgeon general it was like it's droplets man 
it's like if it's if it's, uh, if it's not a respirator, it's not really going to help that much. Also, just like leave them. So I was like, all right, fuck the masks. And I saw even then that it became a like right wing, left wing thing. Even then, and I was like, this is so early for this virtue signaling to like already be coming out, and it's just gotten so much worse. It's so weird and it's so annoying. I got a good buddy who works at a Dollar General in the South. Yeah. And he wears the mask. Uh, he does not required to by his job. And being in the state that he's in, Georgia, uh, yeah. it's not a rule that you have to have one on when you come in. But he chooses to wear one. And some people give him grief for wearing one while he's at work. You know, And it's a political thing. And it's like, wait a minute. I mean, it's usually a right-wing person. It's like, so you can have a gun and I can't say shit to you, but you're going to make fun of me or yeah, yell at yeah, me for exactly. having a mask. But then on the flip side of that, I, you know, I've heard stories of people like yelling at people who aren't wearing masks. And yeah, how do you feel about the, um, well, I saw a video of a lady crossing the street to yell at a dude who wasn't wearing a mask. I'm like, if you're afraid of this guy, why are you coming towards him right now? Also, why are you, cro- you probably didn't look both ways when you crossed the street and you're right. more likely to die from the bus than from COVID. Let's be honest. Right. Like, it's very annoying. It's very much virtue signaling. And I will say, uh, here's how I feel about it. And I grew up in the South, so I probably have on. a different view of liberals and right wing people than people who didn't grow up in the South. Yeah, let's hear it. But my, cause like my right wing people are, 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 you know, real crazy. And I think most of them are, if I'm honest with you. You think so? Uh, well, here's how I feel about it. The worst liberal is that person uh-huh. who's like trying to get a real poor person fired because they think they heard they said the N word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're not even black. Yeah, those are okay, yeah, those but, are those. But the yeah. but the worst conservative will set you on fire and call you the N word. Like okay. I have been around these like in this country, I've never seen the left wing be that fucking you know violent or it's like one's annoying i mean there's I antifa that, you could talk about antifa which is left which i would is love to talk to you about far left i've only had one experience with them and uh-huh. i'm not saying about what's going on in portland but my experience was there was a guy i wanted to hear speak he was running as a democrat uh-huh. uh, for state senator in tennessee and he had been shut down three times in a row by white supremacists they were neo-nazis uh-huh. they had 88 tattoos and all this shit and I Is heard 88 about one it. of the neo-Nazi tattoos? H.H. Heil Hitler. Oh, okay. Got yeah. it. So I'd heard about it or whatever, about that situation. I wanted to hear the guy talk. I was like, this dude's causing a ruckus. Let's hear what he has to say. Mm-hmm. And when I went, uh, Antifa were running security. Just They just showed up. He didn't ask them to. And they were keeping those people out. Uh, they were patrolling on bikes and like they have megaphones and all this stuff. I... So that, that's, that's your anecdotal. one experience with them. That's, yeah. That's anecdotal. They didn't get violent. It wasn't any of that. Also, my thing about that is all these kids look like they have fucking vitamin D deficiencies. Have you ever seen Antifa? Yeah, they all do have vitamin D deficiencies. Well, yeah. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't know that they much were, about Antifa. They remind me of kids who probably got bullied in, in middle school or high school a little bit too much. And now they, and they also remind me of people that have actually never really been in a fight. And so then really? they they look like they look to me like people that don't actually fight. At least That's some of the ones that I've seen. And then I they, mean the ones that I saw look like they've been bullied a lot. And they but get in like groups. They've been forced to fight. <laughs> For, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, maybe forced to fight, but like they get in groups, and I think they get riled up and are like they feel that power. And you know how you can see yeah. it where it's like they've never felt it, so they get crazed. Their eyes are like fully open. 
But I mean, my nephew, he's 15. He's white. He's poor. He lives in a trailer. Like he's definitely the kind of guy that uh, these white supremacist groups could, um, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, doctor indoctrinate. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or take and, over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was always talking to him, checking on that. His dad's not around. Uh, he's got a lot of anger. And he and he's like very much. He calls me Uncle Libtard and all this stuff. And he's like, yeah. I just bought this new Bronco. And he's like, I can't believe you found one of those in California. You know, so I'm always talking about. Yeah, this he's stuff. like, you and know, he, the gas mileage on that's really bad, right? <laughs> yeah, you gay he's liberal. Not quite that clever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's he he doesn't get much past gay, you know. <laughs> uh, but I talked to him about this stuff because of that, and he was telling me about Antifa because he was hitting me with kind of what you just did. It was like, well, you know, they're violent and all this stuff, and he showed yeah. me some videos, and we went through them all, and I saw some where I was like, I don't know what happened here, but that looks kind of gnarly. But then he showed me one, and uh, he was like, oh, shit, that's wrong. And what it was was, and I think this was in Portland, this black kid who was Antifa was getting the fuck beat out of him with, with a board. It might have been Charlottesville by these uh, yeah. right-wing groups, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Here's what I do know. If a bunch of new Nazis go to march and we're mad at the people who don't want that, I I don't think I'm on the right team. Now, I'm not saying that I'm for Antifa. Okay. I'm saying that, like, if you're a Nazi, you're going to get punched. Like, that's a fact in America. It should be. And if it ever stops being, I think we fucked ourselves. Well, but that's... The only reason why I would... I have... I think anyone who's a Nazi is a fucking asshole. You're right. But to sure. say that because of your mind, because of your like uh, belief system, uh, it should lead to violence. If you're not violent, I don't agree with that. Like if some guy, I, I if just some don't guy see had, how you can be a Nazi and not be violent. Okay, for Nazis specifically, yeah. If they're white, but I mean, I guess it's more of a like hypothetical. Let's say, let's say, if there's a Venn diagram of people who are Nazis or who are ultra white supremacist and people who are going to be violent it's probably pretty overlapping you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah yeah it's almost the same circle some would yeah, say it's a, it's, a, it's a big white circle yeah, it's a big ass white circle and even the it's line the, going the around of one it, of them's head yeah and even the line going around it isn't black they make yeah. it some kind of off-color white because they don't want <laughs> uh -huh. but i but i would say even with that with starting with violence is not something i would ever say like, yes, I go, okay, you could – because it sets a precedent to be like, oh, if you don't like someone's opinion, then – and I know Nazis are a specific thing, but I still try to think meta with the whole – like, okay, because then someone might go, oh, Antifa beat the shit out of my – because there's that guy, Andy No that like uh, – he, he's a right-wing – I don't know if you'd call him a political what, – whatever the fuck he is. He like – he he talks on Quillet. He's, he, he was on Rogan. He's, he's, he got his yeah, shit my, beaten uh, out of him. My nephew showed me that. Well, didn't he get hit with a thing and like a, a, a hit with a milkshake? milkshake? Yeah, but then other ones of them came up and like he got lacerations to the face, he got some trauma to his head, and it was like some fucked up shit that happened to him. That what I don't like about it is that the right takes that or whatever side takes it and goes, "This is why that side is completely." It's like, well, it's probably ten dudes, or it's a. Because I think for both sides, it's the minority, you know what I mean, of it. Minus Nazis. Like, Nazis are just bad, dude. You yeah, know what that's I mean? what I'm saying. Like, it's hard for me to separate. And look, I don't 
you know, I'm not in that world. Most of what I know about it is because I was concerned about my nephew because he's yeah. telling me about guys like Andy No and all that. And I know that that dude is at least associated with some gnarly people. And so that's the only reason I looked into it. Here's what I know yeah. about some of the stuff that went on in Portland. All those groups came into Portland. Yes. Those white, they don't live in Portland. Those right wing groups don't live in Portland. They came there to make a spectacle. They yeah. came there to get footage. Now, if I were on the other side and there, Mm-hmm. I would say that to everybody. I'd be like, look, they want us to hit them yeah. so that they can go on Joe Rogan's podcast and play the victim. Yeah. But when someone does that, when someone comes to a city to mm-hmm. stir up shit and they're associated with these people who say things like, well, separate but not equal. But then you go in their chat rooms. Uh, do you know the guy who does the Behind the Bastards podcast? No, I've heard of him. I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, he did like this in-depth thing where he went on all these uh, websites and kind of posed as one of them mm-hmm. and learned all their codes. Yeah. And it, they explicitly, a lot of these right-wing groups explicitly take moves from fascist regimes and racist regimes where they change their language so they know what they mean, but the mainstream media doesn't know what they mean. So they can say Jews are the problem without saying it's like when Jews they are the like when they did the three parentheses equals like a Jew. Yes. Like, like on so, Twitter. Yeah. And, and look, it's, you know, I don't know what kind of listeners you have. I'm probably about to get eviscerated by someone right now. Who's nah, like, probably Actually, not. They're, they're pretty open. Yeah. Well, all I'm saying is I'm not saying I know what all those codes are, that I know that all those people are racist or anything Uh like that. What I'm saying is that if you go to Portland, because you know that's the city to show up in when you have these fucking gnarly beliefs and you get hit in the mouth. I'm not saying that I'm going to be there hitting you in the mouth, but don't fucking ask me for sympathy. Like that's I guess that's just like the most redneck thing about me that's still in me. If you went for a fight. Yeah. You went looking for a fight, bitch. Yeah, like yeah. now don't get on Twitter and try to say we're going to have a debate. I think what you said is true. Mm-hmm. And I used to be just like you. And I mean that sincerely. And I don't mean to like old man you. Yeah. But I'm no longer of the opinion that we can win a debate with everybody. Uh-huh. Because I have seen that the world just doesn't tend to work that way. And what a lot of these people are sincerely trying to do yeah. is change the way our country runs. And when I hear that, and when I hear, when I read about the FBI investigating all these local police forces because these groups have infiltrated them, you know what I yeah. mean? Like they're sitting yes. there. When I hear all that shit, I'm like, man, I'm sorry. We can talk about the kids throwing milkshakes uh-huh. and maybe there's concrete in them, but I'm putting that aside for right now because I think we got bigger problems to worry about. What? Where did you? Um, is there a specific? Uh, like, oh, fuck, what's the word? Like a, co- a code name for what the FBI is doing? Like, what is the operation? Do you know what they're, or is it just? I don't, I don't know. And I don't even know if it is a single operation. Mm-hmm. And some of the stuff I've seen, honestly, has been, have been critiques of it, not, you know, going hard enough. But okay. there, I mean, you can find pictures of cops, uh, you know, taking, making all these symbols that are supposedly white supremacist. And then they, they've, they've shut some down in some small, some rural areas. Are you talking about the okay thing? Because I don't, I don't know. There's been a lot of debate as to whether some of them were just doing the, like, you know, below the knee thing, or they were just doing the okay sign. And look, some of those dumbasses probably were doing the white power thing for sure. Well, I'm not, I don't know. I feel like this has become one of those where we're getting bogged down in the details. And all my point is, Mm -hmm. I know and, you know, you guys can look it up, anybody out there listening, that the FBI has investigated some rural police departments and found heavy infiltration from white supremacist groups. Oh, I, no, I, I, I can believe that. 
that some of these people who are going to Portland have really gnarly, disgusting views. And if a, especially if like a black person is like, no, nah, I'm going to go hit that guy in the face. I'm not going to be like, mm, let's sit down and talk about it. like. No, I understand right. it. Yeah, you understand it. It's like that guy is an immediate threat to me. And he like does well, he doesn't like me just because of who I am and something that yeah. I can't change. Yeah, yeah I, I can completely understand like, that. And you look at things like Dylan Roof and all that. Yeah. You have to acknowledge, oh, well, they're calling for violence and it's coming. And people want to both sides that, like with the cop killers in Dallas. And I and I get that. I do get that. You know, somebody killed a cop. That person's a sick motherfucker. You know. Yeah. All, all of them are I think the it's unfortunate because um, well, it's not, I don't know if it's unfortunate. It, it makes people on the, because the ones on the right, at least to me, from what you see, they're more outwardly very extreme. Not yeah. to say that there might not be some underground cells on the left, who knows what the fuck, you know, who are like ultra anarchist, but you don't hear about those, you know? You hear about the guys who are, first of all, right wing's got the guns. Because they love them, you know what I mean. Yeah, their Second yeah, Amendment. That's, that's, that's a big reason I'm pro gun. Yep, because we ain't, we ain't going to win any debate with exactly. the gun people. They love the guns. They know how to use them, and they've got a shit ton of them. But you know, when you hear shit like, um, do you remember when around Trump was getting elected, and then there were some like fringe groups that were like, if Trump loses because they rigged it, like we're going to war. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and you hear that, yeah. and you oh, go and like, guess- that's. The, that's the opposite of what we're all about. Well, and I think a lot of people who are tuned into this, uh, they either grew up or they moved to cities. You know, they got they went to college. Like, they're tuned into uh-huh. this because they read the news and they want to be that kind of person. And that's great. That's a good citizen. Yeah. But when you do that and you see these people on TV and you're like, oh, man, look at these two crazy groups. And I'm going, look, not where I'm from from, but like very close to there. Yeah. Maybe I'm biased because I didn't grow up around crazy leftists. Maybe there's people in Portland going, these crazy leftists are the craziest people I've ever seen. But because I grew up around people with Klan hoods in their closet, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like, you, I guess you, I'm just a, You were just really um, – you, you were shown it. And like so you, you that makes you be like, I know this shit is real because right. it was put right in my face. And, you know, Antifa is not going to the capital of Michigan – with guns in their hands. Yeah, that's the stupidest shit. And and the thing that frustrates me most about that is that those people get behind um they get behind like supporting the troops and being pro amendment. And two of my my younger brothers, right, identical twins, are both in the army and they're like those guys look fucking stupid. They do. And they why do they have guns and like what the fuck are they how do they even get that stuff? And it's just like what like Dude, I'm very – I'm for being able to get guns. I don't want the Second Amendment abolished. But when you do shit like that, it like – it's al- you're almost like making a caricature of yourself. You know what I, I mean? I would love to – yeah, I would love to talk to your brothers about it because one thing Dude. that I'd love to ask them or any police officer is straight up, no context. You just ask the police officer, like uh-huh. a police chief, hey, would you let – a bunch of armed people who were very dangerous into the Capitol with guns, if it were up to you. And they'll be like, no. And then you see the protests and nothing happens. The cops just stand. And people talk about, well, that's because 
cops aren't afraid of white people and they are afraid of unarmed black people. Yeah, that's that's true. And it's a shame that cops are sometimes afraid of unarmed black people. Yeah. But let's talk about the first part of that sentence. Imagine being in one of these militias with your gun that you spent three thousand dollars on and no one's afraid of you, bro. Like imagine the posturing and the money and the time that went into your little avatar outfit so you could play yeah. soldier and yeah. everyone's laughing at you. That's so sad. It is sad. It is. I mean, but it, it is kind of an interesting thing that no one is afraid of them, mainly because I don't think they've ever done anything. Like, I mean, someone will bring up, oh, this happened. Maybe, but um, oh, cool. There's a guy mowing the grass literally right outside. Love that for the sound. Love that. Uh, if it helps. I can't hear it. Um, yeah, good. Uh, but it, it I, I don't know. Yeah, man. they act as they act as individuals when they do act. And, and again, I guess Antifa's whole point is, what if they do start acting? For sure. And um, but but without getting into all that, yeah, they act as, when they do do something fucked up. It's usually as an individual, and that's that is quote unquote both sides. That's almost everything in history. There's been very few super organized terrorist attacks that have, you know, multiple people going on. What do you, you said something interesting earlier that I kind of wanted to go into a little bit more because your younger nephew, you said, you think he's at risk for getting um, indoctrinated or recruited by potentially. What do you think it is that um, might lead a young Let's be honest, it's going to be a young white guy 99.9% of the time towards these groups. Yeah, almost 100. There are some exceptions yeah. when it comes to the feminism and men, men's rights. Well, every stuff. now and then you see like one Latino guy in the white supremacist thing. You're like, where the yeah. fuck did he come from? Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, and he's always in really, really good shape. Yeah, yeah. And, and makes them like, look bad. They're all like, he hates black people more than us. And you're like, okay, yeah, okay. It's crazy. Well, yeah, that's insane. <laughs> man, I just thought I was racist. You yeah. should be fucking Antonio, Yeah, you dude. should fucking talk to Antonio, man. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> Ask him how to say the N-word in Spanish. Uh, well, the thing that's crazy about that, though, too, is Antonio's often in great shape. Yeah. Like, I've noticed that I'm like, man, he's really making y'all look like yeah. there's proof that you guys aren't the, aren't the supreme race. race right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> By his muscle uh, tone, right? Yeah. yeah. His abs that he almost never works on look better than your, yeah, <laughs> fat beer gut. I love how we're shitting on racists, but me and you have, like, clearly some kind of uh, inferiority jealousy complex. Oh, they just have great abs. Without a doubt. Yeah, exactly. And both I'm of us. I'm men. And you are, um, um, you, uh, are you bald on top? Did you shave it all? I, no, I shaved it. And I just, and then I've been trying to fix it, fade it myself, mm-hmm. and it just looks like shit. I'm going bald. I yeah, never me wear too. a hat. Right I, here. Yeah. It's just a it's a bad haircut, is what happened. I gave myself a quarantine haircut. At least we got the beards, right? Thank fucking God. Yeah. <laughs> uh my nephew, I would say though, at, he's generally at risk. Uh mm-hmm. through talking to him and trying to be a good uncle, he's he's not at risk. He's a good kid. Hundred percent. Yeah. But I I I was concerned about him because he was getting to be very online. Mm-hmm. And uh one thing we, we we pitched a sketch about this to Comedy Central. We have two sketches with Comedy Central. Well read to Comedy Central. Type that in, check it out. They're very uh-huh. funny. One we pitched they wouldn't do was the idea of the clan trying to like hire like a new age business guru to come in and yeah, help them yeah, revamp yeah. their social media uh-huh. and stuff. But one thing that like Richard Spencer and that wing of alt right, and if you go beyond Richard Spencer to people even crazier than him were good at was recruiting online and they realized kids were online and they used humor and irony and all the things that progressives were saying, don't do making jokes, you know, being edgy, all that stuff that teenagers really love. 
they were allowing him to do it. So that was the first step in. And he's into all that shit. You know what I mean? He, he loves to like make jokes to me and then like wait for me to get offended. And I'm like, I don't know what's yeah, happening. It's shock humor. Yeah. They want to, yeah. they want to not, they want to be able to say what you're not supposed to say. Right. What a lot of comedians like doing kind of while yeah. we're in it. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, uh, when you're, when you're that age, it's just, what's the worst thing I can say to right. get a reaction. And then my nephew is angry. Uh-huh. His father is in prison. He yeah. is uh, a little poor, like not by a lot of people's standards, but he's 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 a single parent living in a trailer situation. Uh-huh. And then with him, and this isn't true of everybody, but he's isolated. He's in a rural place with almost all white people. So if someone that's a, that's online, a big part of it, man, is not yeah, being around. Yeah, right. And we're all in our bubbles of some sort. You know, mm-hmm. you've probably watched different videos about Antifa than I have. Like, to be Definitely. honest, I had that one experience that yeah. was very positive with them. So that's shaped me. So just that as an example, if somebody tells him this is the way the world is and here's 10 videos to prove it, no matter how they're edited or whatever, you know, um, that that's going to affect him. And that anger, what they can do is they can take that anger and that isolation and they've gotten really good at focusing it and funneling on. It, yeah on both groups that are in honestly worse shape than them, generally speaking, A, yeah. and then B, power. Uh, and that's something that the Democrats, uh, I don't really consider myself a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm more of an anarchist socialist. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We don't want to get into that because it's, it's just boring. I would say social doesn't anarchist. doesn't sound boring to me, but we, can, we, can, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah. We'll talk about uh, that You guys later. don't want to hear about the bombs. Yeah, yeah, no bombs. Yeah, I'm yeah. kidding. Yeah, FBI, yeah, yeah. it's a bit. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to hear about Project Zero. You're like, what? It's <laughs> Project Zero. Yeah. Uh, we don't talk about Project Zero. It failed. We're on the Project 2. Your project 2, yeah. And that one hopefully will work out. Um, um, yeah. No, I... What was I saying? Oh, the Democrats who are in power, there's a lot of hypocrisy that goes along with the way they are organized at the top. There's a lot of rich people. Uh, They're almost all white. Some of them are white men. Some are white women. Uh, And that hypocrisy is evident to people who are living in a trailer. Well, I mean, look who's the nominee. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. You couldn't be more mainstream than Joe Biden. And um, and anyway, I'm saying all that to say. Uh, it's it, if they're not real smart and or have sort of a family base or someone talking to them about what's going on in both in their minds and in the world, those kids are, you know, they could be easily recruited. You know what I mean? It's like so many things. How can kids be so easily recruited into the army? How can yeah. kids be so easily recruited into a gang? You know, how can kids so be, be so easily recruited to pay $60,000 a year to go to college to get a fucking degree in communication. I think it's harder for people to, it's the reason why I ask people to understand is because they go like, Oh, at least with the army or whatever, there's a, a feeling of like pride and duty and service. And it's like, how could anyone be turned like racist? And I think a lot of people don't like to maybe admit that it's not as hard as we would all like to believe. And when you're in certain, certain circumstances and the, the, the most ironic thing for me is that, you know, there in the, there's, you know, probably single parents living, whatever trailer park, public housing, whatever it is. And the people that they're maybe being taught to hate probably have a lot more in common with them and understand their plight than most other people. But instead they're turning it on to, to hate the other person that, gets them more than most 
Right. And I want to say not always, number one. And number two, I want to say that I used the trailer park as an example because that's my nephew's situation right now. But, you know, they're also radicalizing these kids in the suburbs. Oh, for sure. Kids who have plenty of money, but no direction to put their anger, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, that even goes back to the whole like Trump country thing. That shit really pissed me off where they would go to like some little town in West Virginia where they would be like, this county went 90 percent for Donald Trump. And I'm like, yeah, but if you look at the voting rolls, that's because 90 people voted for Trump, 10 people voted for Hillary and 8000 people didn't vote, (laughs) you know, and A and then B. Go to the suburbs of Michigan. You're in Trump country. You that know, is yeah, exactly. Like, it's just pretty Trump country. Right. That's the thing. Right. Yeah, a lot of people didn't want to. I mean, when they talked about the amount of white women that voted for Trump that no one wants, it's like it was a majority of them. And it's yeah. it's they, they like to pick people to per, like attack or make the figurehead that looks bad yeah. instead of showing – how nuanced it is, but, but I, I, the and thing- it's often poor white people and that that sows seeds of anger and resentment. Yeah. When it's and none angry. of that, right. And none of that justifies, you know, not at all blaming Mexicans for all your problems at all. No, but if you, as the power apparatus don't recognize that and recognize your role in it, you're a shitty power apparatus for sure. And also the figuring out like, you know, it's not a direct analogy, but when you study a disease to figure out how it works, you're not saying the disease is okay. You're trying to figure it out so you can right. work on preventing it from happening. And yeah. if you don't look at these problems and see where the root of them is and what the cause is, then you're not like you're not doing your job. You're putting a band-aid on a wound that needs to be like stitched up. Right. And to at least understand, like, okay, these poor communities or people that have this anger or don't have any direction are going to look for it. And then someone's going to take advantage of them and manipulate them. It at least allows you to be like, okay, we should be trying to work on those communities or like give them some kind of direction. Bring, I don't, dude, I don't know the answer, but bring. And and I don't pretend to either, but one thing I I have some ideas, I have some suggestions. I would love to hear them. Well, going back to the thing where I was like, I don't want to old man you here. Uh-huh. I used to believe the way you did, and now I've kind of moved beyond the idea that we can debate our way out of this. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said, that if you're trying to fix the disease as an analogy, mm-hmm. by trying to fix it doesn't mean you're saying the disease is okay. But I no longer believe that people at the very top in this country give a shit about the disease. They don't. You know, on, on, and that's, that's one of the few things I'll, I'll both sides all day long. Now there's yeah. some state reps, some who I know personally who I love, you know, there's, there's people who want to do good in politics. And I'll be honest, I thought Bernie Sanders, he was my candidate. I thought he was a good dude. My, my, my line on Bernie was always, this is the best narcissist we're ever going to get. Like it's for always sure. going to be a narcissist running for president. Like, you, I'm sorry. That's- you, if, um, if you aren't, then you're not going to run for president. I mean, dude, exactly. we're narcissists, and even us, we're like, there's no way I could fucking do that. I don't love myself that much. It's well, dude, a I'm, it's a blind love. Absolutely, and and I am a total narcissist, and this is yeah. something that I said, but I'm glad you brought it up in terms of, like, comedians. You know, cities that, I, that have a vibe based upon the general type of people there. Uh-huh. I'm in L.A. L.A. is a place where everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people are, look at me. My ideas are interesting. My ideas are great. And that's a type of narcissism and it can be super ugly. And, you know, you think of people like Harvey Weinstein or all these rumors you hear about like Ellen being horrible, even though she's nice on TV or whatever it is. 
you can you can go, oh, I can see that. There's like a type of narcissism here. Washington, D.C. has a much darker type. Oh, yeah. Because that type is I should make the rules that govern everyone's lives. Look at me. Look at me is very ugly narcissism. But do what I say is fucking scary. It's a lot more insidious and yeah. a lot more dangerous in the long run because it's right. it's not only our narcissism is like look at me laugh at me yeah give me your money i'm i'm funny i'm i'm cool right like i'm right about this theirs is i'm so right i should tell you what to do cuz i'm better and smarter than you you know right. and yeah. it's it's scary man and it's it's you know i don't know how you felt about him but uh andrew yang was one of the first candidates that didn't agree with everything that he believed in, but he was like one of the first candidates that I was like, I actually believe this dude just wants to help. He like isn't trying to, you know, he's kind of nerdy and goofy sometimes. He's not trying to come off and be like the best guy ever, but he's like, look, dude, I've looked at a bunch of stuff and I want to help and I would like to get there. I, I never saw him try to go after someone too too far. And that was one of the first like politicians that I went, okay, they do exist, but there's not a lot of them. I yearn for a day in America where Andrew Yang is considered very right wing. <laughs> like that yeah. would be the greatest fucking, you know, cause he's got that Silicon Valley yeah. uh, right wing, small government thing that I don't agree with, but mm-hmm. I understand. And uh, yeah, I, I, I hear you. I mean, the only I'm kind of a contrarian. I think you know that about me. The only thing I could say in response to you is, well, if he was just in it to help people, why did he take a million dollar a year job immediately on TV instead of continuing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no. but it doesn't. That doesn't go against his philosophy that he's been pretty open with. He's been mm-hmm. pretty open that he's a capitalist and he wants to succeed. Yeah, it's like at the end of the day, he's trying to make money. But also, I think I, I try to think about it how, um, like, if we were in that situation. And I was trying to think long term, you know, it's like a lot of people when they run for president the first time, they don't really expect to get the nomination. They just they expect to, which is a shame that we have to have people run multiple times and spend all that money. To, but that's just how this game is played, unfortunately. But I think maybe he thought, all right, I still got to stick around let me take this. I mean, a million dollars, that's fucking amazing. But let me take this job and then maybe I can push it again in four years or whatever, you know? For the record, I threw a number out there. Yeah, I can't yeah. imagine I can't imagine it's much lower than that. Yeah, though. you think so, really? He's got a he's got a real high profile. Yeah, that's not that much money if you think about it. A million dollars a year. I mean But isn't it wild that some could you imagine making a million dollars a year? Um <laughs> uh, every day I did. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I know we all imagine it, but yeah. actually like well, think about how much clout he has now. Everybody knows his name. Yeah. The blue hats on Twitter is a whole thing. I mean, the dude, you know, whether it was his goal or not to become that sort of brand, he did yeah. that. And that's definitely worth a million dollars a year to whatever network. He, I think MSNBC. I thought it was CNN. I, I, I would, I'd rather CNN than MSNBC. But, I mean, they all fucking suck dick now anyway and are just trying to make money off coronavirus by putting it out there 24-7. You know? well, they've been trying to make money exclusively for a long time. And I mm-hmm. can't decide if that's, you know, on them, their fault, or just a reflection of where we are. And I said I didn't really want to get into it earlier. I said I'm not really a Democrat. What mm-hmm. am I? 
I've just sort of come to this conclusion that capitalism broke itself. That's just how I feel. I'll give you an example of what I mean. Okay. There's a drug called remdesivir, I think. Oh, rem uh, remdesivir. Yeah. It's, it's, a, the, it's the, not a cure, but it helps, helps with this virus. Yeah, it goes from like 15 to 11 days that you're in yeah. the hospital. The company that makes it decided to give it away for free for at least the next two months when uh -huh. they made that announcement. It's probably a month left now. Yeah. That company's called Gilead. Yeah. Their stock Plummeted. didn't plummet, but uh -huh. it like it came down like quite a bit. And that's yeah. such a funny thing to me. And the reason I said capitalism broke capitalism is like everybody was like, I mean, if you think about what the stock market is, you go, well, how much money is this company worth? Mm -hmm. And people decided correctly, for the record, that yeah. in the system we live in, it's now worth less. When if you think about, you said long-term thinking earlier about, you know, trying to become president and what the long-term goes up. Yeah. A company that does that for just two months. I mean, first of all, let's go back to basic drug dealing. You always give your shit away for free. Yeah, do you always give them a taste first, okay? You, you got the good shit. Yeah. You know you do. If you got, if you're confident in your shit, you give it away for. I mean, shit, dude. Even protein bars do that. You know how many free protein bars I've gotten, and then, yeah. and then forgotten to cancel the automatic subscription, and then ate <laughs> them for another two months. Maybe that's why you're going bald in the front, bro. I don't oh, trust is. all them shit. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, you can find them randomly. No, the, the most recent one I got was these uh, energy bars that they're like uh, – they have like caffeine in them because, dude, yeah. I, I don't have a lot of fixes, but caffeine is my one. And, uh, yeah, they, they sent me five for free. And then now, dude, they don't even have an online store. It's a person that you text when you want your next order. <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> that's a drug deal. It's literally a drug deal, and I and and they texted me today. I thought it was a robot, and I was like, I, I responded very bluntly, like, "Oh, uh, cancel my order for the next whatever." And they go, "Well, if you ever need another one, like, be sure to text me. I'm a real person on this other line." And I was like, "Holy shit! Like, what's <laughs> yeah. what? this oh, is good and bad. bad? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my bad, River. The person's name's River. Yeah. Also, like, I was gonna what say a Rebecca. Name. Yeah, Rebecca's close. Yeah, but it's River. It's a new age name." Well, that, no, that's good, but I feel like they should get women to uh, send selfies along with their requests and there's so many more <laughs> protein bars. It's like, Dude. I don't want any more protein bars. Are you sure? You sure? Sign yeah. heart, Jasmine. Oh, sorry. I was just working out. It's like sweaty. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll, you want to talk? Yeah. Yeah. What's up? I'm lonely. Oh, my God. Guys are so fucking... Yeah, so, and then you can so save all these incels from becoming alt-right. Yeah. If we just give them free protein bars and pictures of chicks named Jasmine. Hey, hopefully um, once sex robots become a lot more affordable, and um, that's a good thing about capitalism, is capitalism will lower the cost of production Eventually. of sex robots, and then a lot of these incels will be able to fuck those. And hopefully and we'll have aftermarkets. Yeah. Be used, you know? I got an 08. Yeah, you're like, pretty good. You're like, but those are those uh, aftermarket tits on it? Yeah, yeah, put them on a couple years later. I bought, yeah. yeah. I bought she them. She only used. had one owner. Yeah, and, exactly. uh, you know, I don't know how to say this, but he wasn't very blessed. So I'm not real worried about it. <laughs> got two different ass cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Um, but no, I'm sure anyone who doesn't know me who's listening to this is I'm coming across like a crazy lefty or whatever right now. And I, I don't get think that. it's I don't think it's crazy lefty, but you you definitely have your side that you've stuck. I will say um, you've you've brought up a, a couple times since you've gotten older. It's it, it does seem to me that you've maybe lost a little bit of faith in people in general in them changing or just overall being um, good, maybe 
if given the it, chance. Well, that a little bit and the American system. And I, th- I know you know I used to be a public defender. I think that was the start of my education. Oh, yeah, that of probably. Sort of looking at this country and going, man, we do have really great ideas, but we're not carrying them out at all in the correct way. And the people who we entrust to try and fix things with our systems, if there are problems, I started to realize that their actual job, like what they got paid to do, yeah. was to make the problems not seem like problems. And that's across what the do you board. Mean? Uh, so prosecutors jobs in most Mm. municipalities is not to lower the crime rate and make the city healthier. It's to get reelected. And what getting reelected entails is making the crime rate seem lower Um. and, or, um, you know, beating the shit out of people a lot of times. Uh, so fudging the numbers basically. Well, The Wire revealed a lot about that. I've never seen it, but if I was talking mm-hmm. about this with a friend, and he told me The Wire had a big segment on Baltimore's crime rate was going down, yeah, but their homicide rate was going up, I think was what was happening uh, around the time The Wire set. Mm-hmm. And some of the sociologists looking at that were going, wait, what? How's that work? And then they realized they weren't – like they would tag – the they were basically reporting their crimes incorrectly. And I don't know elevating the charges. And I experienced that firsthand. I mean, I would have people overcharged uh, and then so that you would have to plea out. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. What do you mean? A, Did it, like, that, like a judge would overcharge them? The prosecutors will. And oh, then, okay. I mean, I don't think any, I don't think prosecutors would shy away from this. They, I mean, I, most of them would be like, yeah, I charge them with every crime they could possibly be guilty for. And then you, so you get your charging document and a felony case and uh-huh. somebody's got like nine charges on them, all stemming from the same, 45 second act and yeah then they'll go well i'll ask the judge to stack these you know sentences back to back and you're kind of looking at that going that's not what we're supposed to be doing here yeah you're supposed to get them further so you mean like um because because i know you would never give a specific example of a case but like i can without giving a name yeah so like i think for for people to understand more because i think i have a decent example of what you're saying but it's like you commit Uh a big crime and then they also cherry pick some other bullshit that they can add on it right yeah or big crime you know or little crime uh i guess the most common one is you break into a house mm-hmm. to steal something yeah that's a burglary classic b and e yeah well except that that's from tv a lot of places don't even have b and e's anymore as a crime okay. burglary is entering a home uh, or business with the intention of committing a felony therein in, I want to say Florida, I'm barred in three states. Okay. In Tennessee, it's entering a home with the intention to commit a crime therein. So you get a guy who is arrested uh, for breaking into a home to steal. Okay. And let's say he did it for this example, kids out there yeah. listening. But when he got in there, you know, he, uh, he grabbed a bunch of jewelry. He, he knocked over a chair. Well, right there, they're going to hit him with vandalism, you know, oh. and they're probably going to hit him with vandalism if he broke out the window. Uh, they're also going to hit him with trespassing. Uh, now they find out that you had a guest house in the back okay. and nobody was in the house that he burglarized, but somebody was sleeping in your guest house. Now somebody's home. They're going to up it, you know, and they're going to up it. They're going to say, oh, he uh, endangered their life with a deadly weapon, you know. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Oh. Uh, as I'm as I'm getting into this example, it probably wasn't the best example because I can only think of four or five things to tack on. Now you can fairly make to me, and, you, and you'd be right to mm-hmm. say, "Well, hold on, I think he might have committed those crimes." And it's like, yeah, he may have, but our goal in the justice system, mm-hmm. I don't think, 
was to put this person away for 70 years. If that was the goal, burglary would carry a 70-year sentence. Yeah, see, that's the— You're you're threatening to stack all these crimes to hit Mm -hmm. 70 years so that my guy won't go to trial. Because he's scared that he's going to lose. Exactly. You get 70 years and maybe he'll just take your plea to eight. He'll do four and he'll get out on paper. Now, everyone out there listening right now, Mm -hmm. I guarantee you, unless you've worked in the justice system, is going, well, he did it. So good. I'm glad he pled. What if he didn't? Yeah. Genuinely, genuinely, what if he didn't? I really want you to think about that. You didn't do a burglar. You're walking down the street. Cops get to be on the lookout. Somebody was running away from a home that just got burglarized. And the guy running away happened to have a white T-shirt, a pair of jeans. Mm-hmm. and have cornrows, and you yeah. do too. And you get arrested, and they bring you to the lineup, and the person in the guest house saw you, right? And when the person in the guest house saw the person, they pulled a gun. Okay, you didn't do it. But but that person says, I think that's him. And we yeah. go to trial, and or we go, well, you get arrested, and they charge you also with kidnapping because you pulled that gun on them and assault with a deadly weapon. Now you're facing 90 fucking years. Yeah. And they go... Well, if you take the and – and I go, we, they're not going to get 90. And the prosecutor goes, yeah, but if you lose, you probably get 30. I'll at least get one of these stacked on the back of the other. So why don't you just take my eight? And then i got to go have a conversation with someone who has sworn to me from the moment I met them that they're innocent and tell them that our best hope is to throw out the ID as faulty and give them the chances on that. It's probably not good. Yeah. And our second best hope – is to say that the person who got held up at gunpoint is wrong. Yeah, It's really hard to stand in a courtroom and go, man, this person truly is a victim, but by the way, they're wrong. It kind of sounds like you're saying, by the way, they're lying. Yeah, by the way, you're, yeah, you're like you're victim blaming. Yeah. Yeah. That's- and, you know, if you're a good lawyer, you could probably win that case, but you might not. Even great lawyers lose. You know, yeah, and it becomes, and, and, and it sounds like I'm shitting on the prosecutors, and it's, I guess in some ways I am. Who no, do you're, this stuff? You're pointing out a really important point, and also prosecutors can be assholes. Well, they absolutely can, and they can be good people. But what I'm getting at is, this is the system. This is yeah, how it this is works. how they're trained. This is what they're told to do. Because at the end of the day, I mean, you can tell me this or not. They might have a quota of a, a certain amount of cases that they need to get, and they're always just like with sometimes it's you know it's kind of like um not again not a direct analogy, but it's kind of like how the CEO is beholden to the shareholders. And so every year he needs his stock to somehow go up, even though exponential or never ending growth is impossible. Well, that, that remitizavir or whatever, I can't say it. Remitizavir, yeah. The reason they put the time limit on it is because that time limit runs out at their next stockholder meeting because they absolutely know that the stockholders will tell them you're not allowed to do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll have to say, okay, and that's what I was getting at in terms of me giving up. Like, if there's a prosecutor listening right now, you definitely are going to have a different perspective than me. I totally get that. And I've, I've been talking on one of my own podcasts. And I'd be more than willing kid. to have them on to talk about it as well because this that's, is that, this is interesting shit. Yeah. Right. You're right that I've started to give up on institutions, honestly, more than people. But to me, I've kind of come at this place where false hope is actually the most nihilistic thing you can do. And so if you're believing in and having hope about something that absolutely will not change or get any better and there's no way to make it, 
you are the most cynical person I can imagine being around. I mean, and I'm starting to feel this way about environmentalism. I'm starting to feel this way yeah. about so many things. And so I know I come across probably as this crazy lefty and I can't believe I'm on a comedy podcast and we've gotten this deep into it. This is great, um, bro. But for me, have you ever heard the blueberry analogy? No. So they want to privatize schools. A lot okay. of people do. Yeah. And uh, the head of the Department of Education right now. Betsy owns, Davos. She owns companies that privatize schools. She She's is in um, on that. Yeah. She wants charter schools. I mean, did you hear about – well, I I went to charter schools, and charter schools I can vouch for. They're very good. I'm, I guarantee that yeah. they are. Yeah. Uh, but I can also guarantee you that unless we subsidize a shit ton of them mm-hmm. – we're not all charter schools. If we all have a charter school, they're not all going to be the same. And if we don't all have a charter school, you're going to have counties where a certain amount of the population gets to go to a charter school and the rest of the population is stuck at public school. But that's, I didn't bring this up to shit on charter schools. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do shit on charter schools as a concept in terms of giving government money to them and taking that away from public schools. But okay. The analogy, the, the blueberry analogy is if you have a grocery store okay. and your goal is to make money and you have bad blueberries, you got to throw those blueberries out. If you're a school and you have bad students, students. or a batch that needs extra, t- you can't throw them out. Mm-hmm. And so I bring that, that small example up to say broadly about America, the reason that I say capitalism has broken itself. It's not that I hate money. It's not that I hate making money. It's that as we have become almost cult-like dedicated to making money as a society, we put that in place of so many things. I mean, the healthcare system is a number one example. The one I just said, Gilead, if they want to give away that drug to help people, they should be allowed to do it. But they're, they're, um, Stockholders aren't going to let them. Yeah, making money off of um, drugs that could potentially save lives is a a pretty gross thing, in um, my opinion. And I mean, and, I, and the capitalists listening right now are going to say, "Yeah, but that's how they pay for their research, and that's true. also how this works." And if they just give their money away, they're going to fall as fail as a company. And I do understand all that. It's not that I'm against the idea of making money. I am saying that in this country, our obsession with it has become so pervasive in our yeah. politics and in our everyday lives that it's 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 eating and eroding our society from the inside out. Yeah, and it's and I w- I would say too that cuz my brothers are both um pretty uh pretty lazy fair capitalists. Like Ludwig von Mises who whose book I will eventually get to cuz it's so fucking big, but you know, and 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 I see those sides and part of me is more conservative and laissez-faire and pro-capitalism with a lot of things it's led to a lot of innovation the thing that we're using right now was created by capital you know what i mean like that innovation it does spark it but i think we're we're coming to a time now in um just society in general where honestly things are so good that we're really getting introspective as a people and having a lot of internal conflict over how we want to be. And it's good, but it, you things need to be pointed out like, hey, look, Remdesivir can make money, or, or Gilead can and should make money as a company. That's how, they feed, that's how they feed their employees, pay their employees. That's how they do R&D, all of that. But there are certain instances where you go, but maybe 
it's okay that they are giving away this one drug that is at this point in a crisis in the entire fucking world gonna potentially help it and 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 the hopeful side of me the part of me that's not given up because uh i said i've given up on institutions not people is is younger people you my nephew uh being smart being with it Uh like knowing about all this shit you know and giving a damn uh but for me i'm just at the point to where it's clear that the idea of the bottom line yeah has taken over in so many areas and fields where the bottom line should have never been the goal. I mean, how many times have we heard that any given politician is a great businessman. So he'll be a good politician. He may be, but, but the bottom line, that's, we're not a company. We can't fire citizens. We can't. Exactly. Like, yeah, you know, that, that is a, um, analogy or a uh, justification for why someone would be a good politician that uh, when I was younger, I thought, oh, that makes sense. And then when you realize that the country shouldn't be run as a business because a lot of things we do and we take a loss on, rightfully so, uh, that's not what a good business does. It's a, it's a, I want to, before we move away from so I, I think the the prosecution thing with stacking, I think a lot of people, at least for me, here's what I assumed. If you break into a house, I assumed that all those other things were already built into it, that it like it was tiered. It's like, oh, OK, vandalism is this much. And then mm-hmm. when you move to uh, this, it's this much. And then burglary is this much. And then that like because a lot of us are so naive of the justice system we don't realize that those all get stacked on but it makes no like logical sense to me to go oh you robbed a house but i'm also going to charge you for breaking the wind it's it's kind of like that should be should be a package deal you know well and going back to the systemic problems i agree with you it should be a a package deal and some prosecutors aren't as bad about it as others but Uh their goal is to get you to plea. I mean, if you, if you think about their mentality in that moment, they think that your guy is guilty. They do believe that in their heart. They have to. So yeah. for them, whatever I do, if he pleads to eight years, I got justice. And that's not that bad of a, you know, that's not yeah. that long. But when you're on the other side, you're like, well, A, what if he didn't do it? And B, what you're really saying is we can't go to trial. And that's something that bothers me so much about the justice system is the right to trial it's a, yeah, it's a, they make it to where it's super dangerous for you to exercise it. It's so risky for you to exercise that right that you borderline don't have it anymore. If your choice is to choose to exercise that right or risk with a high likelihood 80 years in prison. You're risking your life. Yeah. Exactly. For a burglary, not a murder charge. Yes. So, and the reason why is they can't do the trials. Our system isn't built. We arrest too many people. We've got too many fucking laws and too many cops and too many people getting Bef- arrested. Before and if, you if got out of it. How how do you think to, to to jump off of this? What were some things that you when you were involved in it that you were like I, not magic wand, but let's say you had some power to change. What what are some of the things that you think could help and are actually um, like enforceable? Not you know all of a sudden we're we're Sweden, you know what I mean? But something that we can actually you think we could enforce? You mean that we could actually accomplish? Accomplish, yes. What's my time frame? Um, 10 years. Legalize drugs, starting with marijuana across the board in every state and work your way up every fucking year. 
I don't okay. think in 10 years we're going to get to Heroin. Sweden, as you said, yeah. but uh, we could work our way up. Okay, so with uh, legalizing drugs, do you mean decriminalizing or do you mean they're allowed to be sold? Because I think a lot, a lot of the things that might make someone averse to that is I don't think we want the U.S. government to be a dealer of opium, you know? They already are. Well, Oxycontin is is synthesized opium. True. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but that those are private company. Yeah. No. Fuck. You're right. Um. It would be. It would be a private company. It's a private company giving, getting, or it used to get mad government subsidies. subsidies. Yeah. That's why it started in rural communities. You so, but but you strongly believe that legalizing basically every drug would lead to less overdoses and less crime in general well first of all it'd be less crime because by definition there's less things to arrest people for but uh my answer is yes because we could spend some of the money and less of it that we do prosecuting drug cases and criminals uh on helping people and then and i'm not saying that that would magically fix it i just think Mm -hmm. it would reduce the overdoses and the problems yeah i've you know, the uh, positive side of me believes that. And there's something in me, I don't know what it is, that's like, I just think I don't trust people enough to see what would happen with it. But also, didn't... Well, people por- would fuck up. Didn't Portugal do that? I don't know if Portugal did, but I know a lot of European countries have much more lax laws than us. And, and supposedly, and you, it's hard to compare the statistics because they have smaller populations. Uh-huh. But supposedly population, even accounting for that, they have less addiction and drug problems than us. I know and for sure that- weed should be because, I mean, dude, I went to court once or twice in New York City for mm-hmm. – um, I brought a knife to JFK. It was very dumb. Uh, and so, yeah, dude, I had to go to court twice for it because it's uh, – they they look pretty uh, – they look down. They have pretty draconian laws in Queens specifically about knives. And it was it was like a knife for work, but whatever. So I had to go twice, right, and and fight it. And the amount of weed um, and marijuana charges and and just like people that were held up and that made me sit in court for six hours because of that was mind blowing. And I just yeah. thought, just weed, even if we didn't get to your full, which part of me does actually think that could potentially work if it was done correctly just we the amount of people that wouldn't be in jail or even wouldn't be clogging up the justice system would be like astronomical yeah yeah i mean weed alone would be i don't know what the numbers are but it would be incredible another thing i would ask you you know you said and i agree with you you said i don't know if i trust people entirely i I think people some people would still be fucking up and overdosing i'm certain and that would be horrible but I'm not convinced that that we wouldn't have overdoses. I mean, we already have overdoses, and it's illegal. And we have all these other problems that I'm talking about, clogging up the system. People who are addicts getting uh, having to detox in jail with no support and not knowing how to get off. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm being I'm trying to be practical and acknowledge to you that if we legalize drugs, it wouldn't solve all of our problems. I'm saying that it would solve quite a few, and I don't think it would cause any. Yeah, there's, there's. It's also a very either because of the war on drugs that was really pushed in the '80s and night, and you know, mad and all that stuff, and just say no, and that that kind of puritanical idea that's been. I won the Dare essay contest in eighth really? grade, sixth grade. I was talking about that the other day in a show where I was like, man, all those people that signed up that were like the Dare presenters 
like we're fucking losers. <laughs> like, oh yeah. And also probably did drugs at some point or were like they or like really or were addicts that were in recovery and wanted so bad to just get it. But our dare officer died of an OD. Yeah, man. It's not while he was the dare officer, like a decade right. later, yeah. but like that, that's like rural America to me right now, you know? Dude, I mean, but I was saying it's very counterintuitive is that some more progressive cities have like opened up, um, I think it's San Francisco, a couple, a couple other places like uh, um, injection centers where if you're a heroin addict, you can go and a nurse will actually, with a clean needle, will do it. And you you won't get in trouble for it, and it's because it costs the healthcare system less money doing that than having to deal with everyone getting dirty needles and sick. And uh. yeah, and I and I remember I was like, that sounds so counterintuitive, but they were like, it leads to less overdoses and also less health issues because of using dirty needles. Yeah, my my gut response to that was questionable because I have an addict brother. That's yeah. how I ended up in prison. And I was listening to you and I was going, man, I, I do want him to be legalized, but that almost feels like you're encouraging my brother to just have this place to go. But then I was, but then as you talked it through, I was like, okay, if the alternative is him being clean, then I'm taking that. Fuck your free health cares. But yeah. if the alternative is him dying of an overdose or getting some fucking disease because of a dirty needle, yeah. and then my family has to go through that as, as if we haven't been through enough. Yeah. You know, and that's why there's no black and white answer. And that's why while I have tried, I have become so cynical about our institutions. I haven't people because we people in general are going to keep trying. And y'all, how old are you? I'm 27. Yeah. So you're like eight years younger than me. And if you go down even eight years younger. Yeah. If you go down even eight years younger than you. So you're talking to somebody eight, you know, 15 years younger than me, 20 year old. 21. Yeah. Or they're going to do they're going to they're going to do better. You know, we can all talk about how our music's the best and mine is and all that stuff. (laughs) But every generation does get that's the only hopeful thing that I have is that I I believe in the kids, man. No, I um, I can see that. And, you know, you know, what's funny is that I see that with. Well, I see both sides like, okay, so this is a interesting connection. But so I don't know if you've been on the app TikTok. You know, I just, I just, I, I just got on to, to to do my comedy videos. So yeah, it's good to do that. It's also a great way to see a a lot of great dumb videos and to scroll. It's the best one to waste time. It's what social media used to be. Remember, social media was just wasting yeah. time and not just people saying, "Look how <laughs> look, like come to my show or look how great I am," which is what we all do. But you know, we're comedians. I'm, yeah, I'm laughing because I just realized we've gotten to the place where we're nostalgic about the good old days. I know, of dude. Media. It's wild. We're like nostalgic. But you're, for but you're right. 2015 I got Instagram. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. I got into it in quarantine because my wife showed me these hilarious dog videos. Yeah. And I was like, man, I, I got to get my own. I'm tired of her having to text me every time she laughs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And her have to send it. And then it keeps asking you to join. But so the, the comparison I was going to make was that a lot of the comedy on there is a lot of it's dog shit hacky stuff, which is expected because that's just people in general. And that stuff always does great. And as a comedian, it's a stab in my heart every single time I see it's got 5 million views and it's the stupidest thing ever. But there's a lot of good shit. And also, it's a lot of like, you know, teenagers on there. And I've seen them make a lot of racy jokes 
that do well. So a part of me is like, okay, the ultra progressivism, they've seen it go a little bit too far. So they're bringing it to a place where they're like, we can joke about it, but not, you know, we're not saying the N word. Like, you know, we're not doing stupid shit like that, but we can still joke about some things. So that even made me go, okay, millennials, we maybe went a little bit too far and a little insane, but the Gen Zers, at least they're kind of like, all right, like, yes, we'll call you your correct pronoun, but also maybe we'll make a joke all in good fun or some shit. I don't know. That's maybe where I'm potentially seeing it going. No, I think it was always going to go there, if I'm honest. I think that comedy is yeah. about finding the line and then pushing it just a little bit. I think that we went through something with the explosion of social media where a lot of people who never had to consider other people's perspective got, like, shocked that people were so offended. Yeah. And then and then that made them mad because, like, the idea of getting offended at comedy is so ridiculous to most comedians. But now we've all taken a breath and we've sort of been like, oh, I can just ignore that somebody blogged. About for sure. this, you know, and I'm sure people have lost jobs over something I consider ridiculous, but it does feel like we're at a point now for the most part. Maybe I'm wrong, it, but it, this yeah. is a feeling I have that like you get fired for rape and you get admonished for because you said, you know, the F word in 2002. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's um, where it should be. Not only f- I think so. Not only fired, but in jail for the rape, obviously. But yeah. Yeah. It's, um, no, I, I think so. I mean, look, if you find the video of me saying faggot, and I'm certain that they're out there. Exactly. I know that they are. Oh, somewhere for sure. I, mean, I was trying to be a cool young comedian, and I had this joke or whatever. I'm not going to be like, fuck you, free speech. I'm also not going to be like, oh, my God, I'm the worst person. I'm going to be like, mistake, dude. Yeah, dude. that was a douchebag. Yeah, the 24-year-old white lawyer comedian was a douchebag. Yep, yeah. you're right. And it, Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing where it's like, dude, if someone goes – Oh, I can't believe you said that. You go, dude, I don't like saying the word faggot anymore. Like when I say it, it I, I'm like, I don't like that. You know what I mean? Me too. I yeah. regret doing it a minute ago. Yeah. I mean, but I think but the, the point of even number one, I think being scared of those words gives them like some ultra power. Not that's not an excuse for anyone to be like, well, now I should say it all the time. However, that word I I used it when I was in middle uh, middle school and high school, like very freely. But again, yeah. with friends, never. That's the interesting thing. Never used it to refer to like someone and call them that as like, oh, you're gay and that's what you yeah, are. Yeah, for sure. But now, even even hearing it now, I go like, oh, we, that's in the zeitgeist is now like you hear it and you get uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Cause you're and, like, and, and you? maybe we should, maybe that's Oh no, good. I, Oh no, I do. I, I and, think that's good. And like, that means it, it's working to it a certain extent. I mean, like exactly. I know there are psychopaths who virtue signal and try to like find stuff and get people fired immediately. And they've been, they're just waiting to get the next person fired. I know that, but like psychopaths have abused the rules and been self-righteous about them forever. Yeah. And uh, you know the uh, Namish Patel, am I saying his name? Yeah, Namish Patel, yeah. He went to Columbia. The joke that he did was, I know being gay is not a choice because there's black gay dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is born black, you'll never choose to be gay, which is not only funny, very progressive. It's like, and such a good joke. (laughs) Yeah. And so then some people get upset or whatever, and it becomes a whole thing, and there's some of it's on video, and he goes on Rogan, and Mm -hmm. he talks about it. But he said... 
And he said that uh, Aziz, as he pointed out to him how rad this is. Yeah. Some kids followed him from Columbia to his next show that night. He had two shows that night. They got on his social media, found out where he was going. They went there, watched him do his set, apologized. He got all these messages on his Instagram. Everyone was apologizing on behalf of Columbia, except for one girl who was very mad at him or whatever. Exactly. And who also, by the way is a kid. They're 20 years old and they're getting mad because they don't know what they even think. Dude, I barely know what I think. You know what I'm saying? You probably feel like that sometimes too. So let's focus our energy on and acknowledge the kids who apologized and recognize that joke for being hilarious and coming from a good place and stop with the whole, because look, as a Southern man, let me tell you something. I know what it's like for you to be judged by the loudest assholes in your group. Yeah, and I just realized, by the way, that you're wearing a shirt that has the American flag on it, and I love that so much. And it's, <laughs> it, it, well, I think it makes this whole conversation better because people will be like, this guy's talking about really progressive, almost anarchist, this, anarchist things, but also he's got the damn red, white, and blue on his shoulders, baby. So, you know, he's... Yes, because I love America is yeah. why I need to point out that America is eroding from the inside and our great institutions are falling apart, partially yeah. because most of them were entirely built upon racist and or horrible standards, but also just because we've allowed greed to corrupt us. But yep. if you think that's going to stop me Fuck from no. rocking this motherfucker the day after Memorial Day, Hell my papa no. didn't kill Nazis so that America would fall apart, and he didn't kill Nazis so I wouldn't wear this shit. Exactly. That's No, it's, it's, it's beautiful. I, he did um, kill Nazis. He did. That's what I'm fucking do. talking about. He, and you know, and you know what? He, he was fucking right for doing it. Even before they <laughs> fired at him first, he should have shot them in the goddamn head. Um, exactly. And if any of you out there try to cancel my papa off for killing Nazis, <laughs> the original Clement Morgan was the original Antifa. I'm saying it right here, right now. Yeah, dude. All the <laughs> you know, some right wing dude has made a shirt that was like, "This is the real Antifa," and it's just a bunch of it's the guys putting up the flag at Okinawa. <laughs> oh my, those are those are my favorite. Is when the ultra right like they do some shit like that that's just so cringy that it's funny again. Nah, like you saw that that, that I will. The one thing about dude. Trump's media team is on it. They already made a shirt that says um, you ain't black dash Joe Biden. They already have a shirt. They already made that. I saw one thing from one of the people I follow who was super into Bernie. I don't even remember who it was, but they said, oh, man, they they tweeted that picture and they said, oh, man. If the Dems hadn't alienated all us Bernie bros, maybe you guys would have a crack team of people who are good at online shit to take them down. But instead, you're all fucking 50 and you're screwed. Yep. And it's true, dude. And that 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 is another thing that's made me. I think that's the thing that made me lose. When people ask, like, you know, I follow politics to. I think some people are into politics, and they and it makes sense to them, and they like it. I equate yeah. it to how when I read about science or math, it makes a little bit more sense to me, and so I'll like remember things easier. Like you, if you ask me to explain what's going on with Michael Flynn. It'll be very hard for me to do. But if you ask me what phrenology is, which is this one random turn I learned about in psychology eight years ago, I can still tell you because for whatever reason, that shit sticks in my brain easier. You know what I mean? So so politics, it's hard for me to get. So those people that are into it, they are. But the thing that made me lose any – not – I mean you got to push past the hopelessness because that's how we all lose. But the thing that made me – 
definitely lose it a little bit was just watching this year the DNC just unabashedly and flagrantly show everyone that they want to run the show the way they want to, and they don't really give a fuck what anyone else thinks or wants. Now, the the young people didn't young people didn't show up for Bernie at some of those caucuses, but still, this yeah, was two so two elections in a row where right, it was just right. flagrant. Well, my thing with that, you know, a lot of people on the Bernie side were like, mm-hmm. oh, man, look how they consolidated power. And, you know, they all got behind Biden and everybody dropped out of the race. So Bernie would lose. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, but you're telling me Bernie can't beat Biden one on one. Like if he can't, he's just not going to win. True. But the caveat to that, and this is what you're getting at, is <clears throat> maybe he could have beat Biden one on one. What he couldn't do was beat Biden and the entire you know yeah, what I'm saying? Everyone. Just working horse of a built over the last five decades power structure that the DNC and its contacts with the media and the way yep. people work for uh, Hillary Clinton or whatever other major politician. I'm not just trying to throw her under the bus and mm. then go work at CNN. The way that all of this is molding into one entity and he was fighting all of that. And that's part of why people loved him, but it's also ultimately why. I mean, dude, it's like, in, like it's like in comedy, man, when someone runs a club and then all those comics work together and they just go around, it's the, they're just in a club and they don't want the new person in. And so they're going to yeah. push like whatever it is. And yeah. And that's, that's the thing. That's kind of where I'm arrived at. And I said anarchist earlier. I guess I was just mostly trying to be funny. I'm yeah. not trying to blow up Starbucks, but I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> You're not, like, I fucking I'm, love I'm, Frappuccinos, man. <laughs> I'm not interested in centralized power structures. And I know people are going to go, then why were you for Bernie? He wanted to centralize stuff. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but he was trying to throw it against the motherfuckers that are entrenched in there now. Yeah. I am just growing less and less hopeful about centralized institutions. I think that things need to be done on a local level as much as possible. I think communities know what communities need. Okay. Um, But I would ask or posit whatever word I want to say to sound smart. Um, But I would, I would assume that you would like certain laws to be enacted uh, countrywide, whether it's, you mean, you mean like, you know, don't own people or whatever. Yes. Well, don't own people. And that one can be debated, but no, like don't own people. Um, don't, yeah. Don't own people. Um, no, it can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, I know it was a joke, but I had to say that for when they try right. to cancel me. As he say, with yeah. my accent, we don't make that <laughs> yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, uh, own, own white people only. Uh, no, like, yes, obviously don't. Well, th- those are already have been established, but I mean, mm-hmm. something like, uh, abortion or drug like legalizing fully drugs do you like what are your thoughts about state to state it being controlled yeah i mean uh that's a, that's that's tough because you start thinking about like well, what about in this state they're going to do it this way and if yeah. you were born in that state you can't help where you're born i guess i meant first of all let me say and this isn't a cop out i truly meant we're talking about power structures and how mm-hmm. the power is where the power is held yeah. and how it's doled out. So yeah. I'm less interested in drugs being legalized versus not being legalized than um, us having prosecutors who have to answer okay. to their county, not, not to their governor. Saying. Yes. So okay. like the saying. governor's not that prosecutor's boss. The prosecutor's boss is truly the people of that county who see him and, every day. Yeah. And 
you know, in my mind, a media that doesn't just talk about crime statistics that actually reports on yeah. where those crime statistics come from. Is it a pipe dream? Yes. Have I just been coming up with this the last six months because I've been stuck in quarantine <laughs> and our entire fucking institutions are falling apart? So I'm a little fuzzy around the edges. Absolutely. Do I have a manifesto I'll be releasing in about a month? Yes. I do. <laughs> I, I do. It'll be my second manifesto of my life, which that's incredible if you think about Dude, it. It so. really is. Yeah. I mean, for uh, everyone gets uncomfortable when a white guy has one manifesto, but two manifestos, mm. goddamn. You know what I mean? Manifesto 2, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. that's one of them. You were talking about coded language? My buddy who works at the Dollar General. Now, you should never start a sentence like that and anybody believe that you. <laughs> But he was telling me, his brother was telling him, there's some kind of thing, electric boogaloo is like this code word where all the people who own those guns we were talking about, they're going to go shoot the governor or some shit. Oh, I didn't even know that. Well, I mean, I'm certain it's fake or, or like, you know, a dude tried to start a movement and everyone laughed at him. But he was telling me about it. And I was like, I don't know, man. Where'd you hear that? The Dollar General? And he was like, no, nah, I looked it up. Yeah, there's an electric boogaloo meme. Start, see, it always starts with a meme. See, I said I trusted the kids, and now look what they've done to us. Yeah, it's wow. NPR, this is in this is this year, January. And 10th. See, if NPR found out Boogaloo, about it, it's Boogaloo, at least five years old. Exactly. It is, yeah, it's probably too old. Boogaloo is the new far right slang for civil war. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's so I would say so redneck to call a civil war a boogaloo. <laughs> but See, wow. I keep accidentally making myself sound worse than I am. Yeah, I just, just in my just, accent said manifesto two electric yeah, boogaloo. Electric boogaloo. And everyone And if you just put that clip on the internet, I'm gonna get a bunch of fucking followers with like lightning bolts and the meat and the avatar. <laughs> You'll get more followers for sure. But one guy listening heard that and he was like, I heard you loud and clear, Drew. Yeah, and he just went to his closet and pressed the button and it flipped around and the AR is there. He uh, thinks I'm he thinks I'm what we've been accused of. My my favorite yeah. accusation in the age of social media and Toronto uh-huh. and crazy people and online conspiracies is that uh me, Trey and Corey, the guys I tour with, are Jewish actors. Amazing. Hired by Barack Obama to pretend to be rednecks and seep in communist ideas into the South. You know, and and, and my response that's amazing. was, you should make a cartoon of that. I can get that. paid to do this shit? <laughs> yeah, dude. Exactly. I didn't know Barack Obama was signing these checks, man. Sign me up. Send it over, dude. Well, it's just like, my biggest thing with all of those conspiracies is, you know, people are bad at lying, right? <laughs> like, really bad at keeping secrets. Most people are not good at it. Like, my friend asked me to keep a secret. I hang up the phone and I text my other friend, dude. Guess what, Brian? It's like no one uh, can do that. It's yeah. That's the big cons- the big conspiracy is uh, how the conspiracy industry is making money off you and your paranoia, Steve. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's feeding off. You know what? Well, you know what it is? It's aliens that feed off the energy of when you think paranoid thoughts, and that's how they get bigger, <laughs> and then they control the lizards, which are the main people in power. And you know that's. I, I like to look at conspiracy theories as religious texts. Honestly, I really do. It's don't believe it literally. Consider it a metaphor about who's in power and what shit they're doing wrong, and then they all actually start to make sense. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's it's like, you know, a lot. It's it's like if you know you watch my my brother was watching um, Lord of the Rings the other night, uh, and I was wa- I was watching him watch it, and uh, and then there's one scene with like Gandalf and that giant demon, and I remember I was like, no one would believe this is real. 
but there are metaphors and allegories in it that could be expanded to real life, you know? Exactly. What does the demon represent? What is Sauron? Blah, 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 all this stuff. And a lot of that has is very usable and teachable and pragmatic for how you think about people in general. Because right. the one thing is, we as humans, we understand how we act kind of, and we're we're able to communicate it better in uh, narrative form because it doesn't have like a real life application. But a lot of it, it was, it's like, there's a lot of history or something that could be taught through that. And so you try to, I mean, yeah, think about conspiracies like that. That's exactly how I think about conspiracies. You know, it's like, do I believe that the government is lying to us about aliens and the aliens are in control of them? No. But do I believe that I can look at that as a metaphor for not trusting the government because they will lie if it suits them? Absolutely. Exactly. If they're oh, lying about this, they'll lie about a lot of other shit. Yeah. And for the record, I believe in aliens. I just don't think they're, you know, controlling the government and they're being lied to about them. Yeah, I think they're level. looking at us and they're like, let's let them figure it out. Yeah. Have you ever been to New Orleans? A long time ago. If you go to New Orleans and then you drive like three hours in any direction, uh-huh. I think that's what Earth is in the universe. It's just some backwards-ass swamp <laughs> that nobody wants to be around. And if you go there and you're not a local, somebody without teeth is going to shoot you. He's going to shoot Yeah, dude. Yeah, we're, we're literally aliens are driving by and they're like, no way, dude. Yeah. You're going go to look at go to South Padre Island? Fuck no, Especially I went once and I <laughs> In the 90s when all those fucking rednecks was getting abducted in cornfields in Iowa and they were talking about how they got their butt probed in their truck, mm. I bet they fought five of them a piece. And so yep. those aliens were like, look, I think we could take them but it would cost us too many lives. Let's just never come back here. Yeah, and they're also like they're mean, man. And you know like we don't we, we you know because when you get more evolved you probably yeah. get more emotionally evolved as well and they're like <laughs> like we couldn't deal with that shit you know it's they yeah, said it some shit about like our corn. skin yeah they said shit about corn it's yeah jesus um yeah i get out of here i feel like I've, I've i've held you for a while yeah my wife just got home and i don't want to make her you know be quiet in our one bedroom house here Beautiful. oh yeah well uh, do you play guitar I'm guessing uh, the, I do a little bit, but uh-huh. uh, that's mine. That's a Dobro. Okay. Uh, but these two are hers. My wife is uh, uh, way more talented than me. She's awesome. funnier than me. She's better singer. Better Isn't that actor. great? Isn't it great when you have a partner that, um, and this is coming from theoretical, I don't have one right now, but when you have someone that is. So, yes, it is great when yes, you have a partner. Great when you just have someone to have sex with repeatedly, but <laughs> when you have someone that is funnier than you, but then also has the. Uh, uh, mental health to be like i don't need to show it to anyone <laughs> well okay yes i would imagine that would be great but my she, wife's an actor oh, so it's just, i forgot you know i, I mean? forgot i forgot yeah yeah she's just as crazy as me and you buddy but uh the funny thing is she, not the funny thing is when, yes. I, when i say she's funny she's funnier like as an actor she could never be as funny of a stand-up comic as me he says she probably could if she put the work in yeah but that almost makes it worse because it's like oh it's just so easy for you you just do this little sketch and you murder you me. just kill it yeah. yeah there's some yeah it's like when you watch will ferrell and you go like how the fuck yeah. are you doing that I could, I could never. Oh, she sees, she sees you. She's smirking. She's at smirking. Me. I don't know. I don't know. She, it's like she heard the compliment uh-huh. uh, tied to the yeah. sort of insult. So she's like, "Well, here's my thing. Because I'm an actor, as long as you're talking about me, it's cool." Yeah, she's like, "Guess what? The next movie I booked, I'm a stand-up comedian in it, and I'm going to do some research and get some spots at uh, the store real quick." <laughs> Dude, 
she did an independent film as a stand-up comic and I helped her write a set uh-huh. and she legitimately crushed. Damn, they filmed dude. it at an open mic to get like a real response. Yeah. I mean, and it was like, well, a lot of those jokes are mine, but it's like, yeah, but she did them better. But you're like, she, yeah, she had the delivery perfect, man. She waited. She let the tension. God damn it. I guess all you can do is love her, I guess, right? Yeah, That's fantastic. Exactly. Yeah, awesome. Dude, thank you so much for doing this, man. I had a, I had a really good time. This is, yeah, uh, too, man. we thank talked you. about a lot of good shit. And um, I mean, shit, we'll do it again. We got nothing else to fucking do, right? You're, uh, I, I, how, how's LA, man? How's it going over there? It's fine, you yeah. know. Um, we got unemployment for a little while, and then we got the small business loan. And I say that because I know everybody's hurting, and like that just helped. Uh, yeah. I sold my Jetta because I hated that fucking car, and I got a Bronco, and I'm pretty pumped about that. Yeah, you don't and seem like a Jetta guy to me. It, it was hers, and then she wanted something different. What if what if you guys just saw a frying pan fly in the frame right It would now? be the best way to end this podcast ever. Or you just get knocked <laughs> out and just like yeah. she just cold cocks you. Dude, if I died, you, we'd both be so viral. See how unhealthy we are? I if know. I, that's how we think about it. Bro, if I died, bro, wouldn't that be rad? It'd be great. Chef, should, should I brand my forehead on the next podcast just to see what it happens? It would be cool if I died, though. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all right. Well. Awesome. Uh, where can people find you, bro? Uh, at Drew Morgue Comedy. I couldn't fit the Drew Morgan in there. So Drew Morg comedy on all the platforms. And if if everything becomes legal again, wellreadcomedy.com is where my touring schedule is. Great. And then what's the name of the podcast? Uh, Into the Abiscuit and the Well Read Podcast. I got two because that's how lame I am. That's how much time we have. Hey, man, listen. Everyone has one now. And every time, for some reason, people ask me how to start one. And I am nice to them, but in the back of my head, I want to go, don't do it, you know? But That's how I feel about comedy to a certain extent. I will give you a comment. You can edit it out if it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. Your podcast is good, but your videos of your podcast uh-huh. are incredible compared to most of the ones I've seen. Not only the cuts and the edits and what you got going on, but just the speed of it. It's like, oh, this is almost like a highlight. Yeah. And then someone go, well, you can just do that with yours, Drew. And I'm like, nah, I'm not listening back to this bullshit. Oh, dude. It, it takes a long fucking time, you know? But I mean, I enjoy it. It's, most of the time, they're good like this. I, th- I appreciate it, man. Thank you. I, uh, I really appreciate that. Awesome. All right, guys. You can find Drew at Drew Morg Comedy. You know where to find the Well Read Podcast. And what's it? Into the Into the Biscuit? Into the Abyss. Into the Abyss. Like into the Abyss. Yeah, I mean, both. Very, I mean, Into the Abyss is going to make me laugh every time I say it. Awesome, dude. <laughs> uh, tell your wife I said sorry for keeping you so long. <clears throat> I appreciate you doing this, dude. Cool. You're the man. Stay safe, right? Yeah. Talk to you soon, psychos. Yeah.